You're listening to the Look Right Naked podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bach. This is the podcast for men and women who want to look right naked without living in the gym. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on? Eric Bach here with the Look Great Naked podcast. And today I've got a special guest, a good friend of mine, Jason Brown. And before we jump into this episode, make sure you hit subscribe if you're on YouTube or drop us a five-star review when you get incredible value from this podcast. Now, Jason has been a coach for what, 15 years now? Probably more than that. <laughs> Feels like forever. Feels like Yeah, forever. Almost, tw- almost 20 years, believe it or not. Yeah. So hard, hard to believe. Yeah. So yeah. over, wow, 20 years. Almost two decades. And so bringing that wealth of experience in, you have been published everywhere. You have presented for the NSCA. You're an industry leader in programming, energy systems, conjugate method. You've been a CrossFit owner. You've had your own box. You've programmed for over 30,000 people mm-hmm. every single day. And so what we're going to do is we're going to break down some of the specifics with Jason's expertise to help you optimize your programming so you can look great naked without living in a gym. Now, before we jump into that, we got to talk about last night for a second how good was that steak that was a really good steak good steak yeah i mean nothing what's better than a great ribeye at a high-end steakhouse like del frisco's exactly (laughs) exactly and i think you know so we're, we're in houston right now we're at a business event together and you know one of the most important things from a coaching perspective is being able to connect and as coaches you know we always want to be able to connect with our clients and then directly right when we can sit down we can break bread we can build relationships that are deeper than just talking about sets talking about reps and these different components that's what makes everything worth it. And I think that's an important component to really understand when it comes to building your best body, right? It's not just about what you're doing in the gym. You have so many other things that are going on that you need to be able to relax. You need to be able to enjoy yourself and really enjoy the benefits of being in great shape. And so what we're going to talk about now is going to be the programming aspects, Jason's past and how you can apply the same principle where you can go out, can have a vodka soda or a Manhattan, some good steak mm-hmm. and stay right back on track. So and meatballs and crab cakes. And uh, we actually didn't have dessert, but we yeah. had everything else. Yeah, we, we held off dessert we <laughs> held off dessert this time but maybe not tonight no not right. tonight. so jason tell us the story about jason brown how did you get involved in coaching yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a pretty interesting story i think um i was lucky to be exposed to fitness at a very young age my mother was a power lifter oh cool yeah so she used to take me to the gym with her and um I think like a lot of young boys, I was pretty enamored by people that were A, strong, yes. B, had muscles, and just the whole self-improvement aspect of it was always what drew me in. And um, that for me kind of just started this quest of gaining strength and being able to uh, see changes in my body. Even, you know, this is yeah when I was, I don't know, in fourth or fifth grade, I remember having a um, an easy bar, some rusty 10 pound plates. And I used to take it with me and travel. Like, oh, parents, no way. We go, we go on vacation, you know, somewhere local and I would just roll up the easy bar into my mother's car amazing and take it with me and the curl bar right exactly (laughs) and you know it's funny i remember just doing like basic things i didn't really know what i was doing but i remember just looking back now i'm like oh i used to do a lot of floor presses just by nature of not having a bench press yeah you got creative and lo and behold you know some years later i actually you know was able to 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 press a lot of weight and just have really strong triceps and i you know obviously back when i was in fourth grade and probably not a whole lot going on (laughs) back then but that was one of the staples in my own training and and um that was just like my early experience with it now once i started getting into athletics my dad recognized that training you know strength conditioning was a vital part of being good at sports he used to always say you know the athletes that train don't get hurt as much and 
um, it's just a way to level up your game on the field. Yes. So he got me introduced to a local, like a local legend strength conditioning coach who was like one of the best athletes in the area. He went on to become a strength conditioning coach. And he was my, probably my biggest influence as far as my training, as far yeah. as learning the conjugate system. And that to me was kind of like what started the like the 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 knowledge the quest for the knowledge and yeah. asking the questions and being kind of in the trenches with myself but then inadvertently i got exposed to training a group of guys at his gym because he had to leave yeah and i remember he's like hey dude here's their program you know as a group of like 40 plus year old guys they have any questions just answer the questions they should be fine they know what they're doing but here's the, just give them the programs and just basically supervise yeah and I was like, well, shit, I don't throw it right into the fire. I, I don't really know if I know the answers to their questions. But um, interestingly enough, the questions that I got, I it was one of those things I organically, I knew the answer and I just spit out the answer. And I thought, I was like, wow, shit, I actually know more than I thought I knew. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my first intro to coaching someone. Coaching, you know, like in air yeah. quotes. That's so. incredible. That's incredible. So two things I want to I want to dig into just a little bit there. Sure. Um, so the first thing was you mentioned specifically your mother was a power lifter, and it sounds like you were exposed to physical activity at a young age. Mm -hmm. I know you've got young kids. I've got a young child, and you know for me one of my earliest memories was always seeing uh, my dad was always involved involved in martial arts. Mm -hmm. He had like the concrete weights, yep. you know, with like the. Sure. Um, you know, whatever, like plastic cover over the top. And he would, you know, stretch out and do these different things after. And, you know, being a little boy, I want to be like dad, right? So I would kind of model some of those things. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, that's so instrumental just by seeing that physical activity and that exposure, just getting me involved in going in this right path. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you had something very similar. And then you found somebody who was, who was wise, who was a coach, who showed you some of the ropes and you didn't have all the answers for what to do and you were just kind of no. thrown into the fire. And I think that's incredibly relevant because today there is so much information. We probably both grew up like clipping things out of like magazines mm -hmm. and like having to read a textbook and now it's like you go online and you have 80,000 different opinions on what to do. You know what's funny is um, it was the early days of Teen Nation. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, but I mean, this was probably back like 2004, 2003, Paul Paul, Yeah, Paul yeah. age. And for anyone that's listening that was reading Teen Nation back then knows it was one article a day. Yeah. They published one article a day. And I think it was eight or nine in the morning that I, that article would get yes. posted. And that was the thing to me, once I, once I discovered that, and I, I think I discovered it through my strength coach. Yeah. And it was, I think it was called T-Mag. He's like, oh, you got to check out T-Mag. And um, lo and behold, I waited every morning to read that too. article. Yeah. And to be honest, if I'm, you know, being this completely transparent, you know, later on, as I went to formal education, went to, you know, got my master's degree in exercise science, I learned more from T-Nation yes. than I did from going to graduate school, which is more relevant, more practical knowledge, and more about programming than I learned at a graduate level degree in exercise. So I think that um, what I'm getting at is that, like you said, there's so much stuff Yes. How do you determine? Like we knew that T Nation was good. We knew the coaches were the best of the best. Yep. We knew that um, that what we were reading was true. Like I didn't ever have to have to question the efficacy of what I was reading. I was like, oh, this is what Chad Watery says that motor uh, motor unit recruitment is is uh, maximized uh, under certain loads. I was like. That's what it is. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now you see shit on social media that, um, you know, it's, it's, what is the goal of it? Is the goal of it to actually give someone valid information that they can apply, take action with and see a profound change? Or 
is it just to increase followers or get likes? And yes, that's a huge. That's that's the that's the conundrum that we're faced. Yeah, I mean that really is. I mean we're having a conversation about that even you know walking back here from uh, from the conference and there's such an aspect of the way that social media is positioned where everything gives you a quick snippet, it gives you a quick three to five second hook, mm-hmm. something it's definitely. It might get you going in the right path, but the battle becomes how do you actually take this and synthesize it into a program, synthesize it in a way where it's going to be congruent with what you're doing nutritionally and with your lifestyle and having this overall synergistic perspective. Right. Whereas years ago, the benefit of being able to consume longer form content when there wasn't TikToks, Reels, and all this short form mm-hmm. stuff and a million dopamine hits <laughs> that come with it and just get you doom scrolling was you would read a two to 4,000 word article on something and you actually start to understand a little bit of the why, right? Mm-hmm. And like one of the key lessons I learned, you know, through mentorship was like when you understand the why in, the, or when you add the why in when you're coaching somebody, that's where you get buy-in. And buy-in is when people truly get to learn and accept, right? Because ultimately, if you want to transform your body, if you want to look great naked, if you want to perform your best, Mm -hmm. you have to divorce yourself from the outcome and marry the process, the process it actually takes to get there. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you, right, you went from this kind of being thrown into the fire as a coach, Mm -hmm. you know, getting your master's degree and learning all of these components. What happened next? What's your next evolution? Yeah. So I trained at that facility Throughout high school, throughout college, I became an intern there. I was where I was actually training other athletes. And I think it was around, I was still in college. I think it was probably around 2005-ish that I decided, you know what, I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to go apply to work at a commercial gym. Yeah. And luckily for me, there was a commercial gym close by that was actually owned by an ex-professional football player. So they had platforms. You could Olympic lift there. Yeah. You know, it was very, it was very, uh, how can I put it? Not necessarily unorthodox, but it was not like Planet Fitness. Like you could go yeah. there and train heavy, it was train old hard. Old school hardcore gym, basically. Exactly. So I got a job working as a trainer there. I started training uh, mostly athletes, but I, I did have like some regular everyday people I was training. And that um, that was kind of the the catalyst for getting me to like take what I had learned through all of the program, all the programs yeah. I had done, and start to kind of invent my own way of doing things. Now, the big turning point for me was CrossFit. And the reason yeah. why I got involved in CrossFit was I decided after college I was going to go in the military. And, you know, it, it's funny. I don't know. You probably can identify with this, but... I feel like in a strength conditioning world, strength is a is a major cornerstone. Conditioning is kind of like go to the field, do drills, yes, do do some form of sprinting. But there is this big piece that is the aerobic system that is missing. <clears throat> and it's not talked about. It was used to be if you do aerobic work that um, you will get slower, you will get weaker, you will get fatter, and it will just ruin your fitness levels. And I was a big believer in that. And then I got exposed to CrossFit because I was like, hey, there's this other world of training that we don't know about. And I am going to be exposed to more of the, what I would just label as more endurance back then. Yeah. And I hadn't done anything to level up that side of my fitness. So I was like, well, I knew a, a guy that was doing CrossFit. He was actually one of the first affiliates yeah. in Massachusetts at the time. And he was basically was like, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what is this? Yeah, you're doing like high rep Olympic lifts and you're doing everything that you're not supposed to do. Breaking the rules, man. Right, you breaking know? the rules. So I was in quit. I was kind of curious and um, I, I didn't want to do it, but he called me out and was like, you're not man enough to do it. And this guy was like an old school, used to be a bodybuilder, had a super deep voice. And I was like, well, fuck, he just called me out. Yeah, so I like, guess I got to do it. You know, and Jason Alpha is not going to put over that shit. No. Yeah. So I, uh, needless to say, I did it. I did my first workout. And I think that most like former athletes that do their first CrossFit workout, they get pretty 
they get hooked because it's very competitive. You're yes. you're competing against yourself. You know, you're you're doing things now for time, for score. There's there's an element of like a metric where it's very tangible, and you can it's like you know increasing your max deadlift. Like you can you can track that over time and just see the improvement. Or you know, obviously conversely, you could see that it might not be improving. Yeah. With CrossFit, it was very telling, and I noticed that there was a side of me that just was untapped. I didn't have any potential as far as like my aerobic system was just complete dog shit. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant or how to really develop it. So that got me on the path. I went into the military. I was in the military four years, did a deployment. I brought a lot of what I learned with me throughout the military, trained a lot of people. Yeah. I wrote training plans for the company I was in and, and tried to kind of inject some of my knowledge because yeah, what part they were doing knowledge back, compared to the military training. Well, you know. it was very like antiquated to what they were doing. Yeah. No rhyme or reason. And I actually had some level of success. Um, you know, trying to kind of impart some of my knowledge on uh, the people I was around. When I got home, I decided, you know what, I always wanted to open a gym, but it was like, I had this voice in my head. My dad always told me there's no career in fitness. You can't be a trainer. Yeah, I heard that What are you going to do? You know, you're going to work crazy hours for very little pay and, yep. you know, you don't get benefits. You don't get all these things that my, and my dad's funny. He's a business owner. He's a lifelong mechanic and yeah. he never had any of those things, but he always knew that he wanted me to have benefits, right? Yeah. It's like, right. got to have health insurance. The safe route, you know? It's like, like, all right, well, you didn't have it. So, but that's another, we could probably do a whole podcast on my dad issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I decided that, um, you know, I wanted to train people. I wanted to open a gym and yeah. CrossFit kind of like gave me the ability to open a gym without having to, you know, spend an astronomical amount of money. And the thing with CrossFit is that you have complete freedom. You have autonomy. You just pay an affiliate fee, which is good and bad. Yeah. Because you can do whatever the hell you want. People are training people that shouldn't be training people and having people do things that they're really not qualified or, you know, set up to be doing. Yeah, that was the early issue with CrossFit. That was the early issue. So I I, I had the goal of like, we're going to do things different. It's going to be more structure. It's going to have a why. There's always going to be a concrete why to what we do. And I'm going to inject the elements of what I know with a conjugate system into CrossFit. And we're going to have this hybrid system. It's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. We're going to crush. And um, that's what really what happened that people did crush, but there was still, even through the military, I still didn't understand the aerobic system. Yeah. It was like energy systems was like, Ooh, what is this? Energy systems. This is crazy, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, sorcery. Right. So I, I still like had that, that want, that desire to learn more about it. And I knew that there was an answer in a way to like do this better. Um, our, my gym had a ton of success. We had, you know, people that were just doing crazy things. We had, we had, uh, 15 women, regular women, not powerlifters that were deadlifting over 300. We had a leaderboard. 15 women over 300. We had 10 guys deadlifting over 500. We also had 15 people that were running um, for women sub seven minute mile and for guys sub six minute mile. That's so incredible. We, we had some pretty, you know, a wide array of fitness levels um, amongst, again, regular people. But every time the CrossFit Open came, for those of you that don't know, the CrossFit Open is a competition that's held, you know, once a year. And it's really the first stage for people to qualify yeah. to, it's changed a lot, but it used to be like the ultimate end point is the CrossFit Games. Yeah. So anyone can do the open, which is cool because you've got a lot of people that are competing that are just, you know, in it for the community. And every year, I think from 2015 on, 2015, 2016, even 2017, we were 
like within a few spots of making it to the next level, yeah. next stage as a team. So we were training super hard. You know, we had, um, you know, a group of CrossFit competitors that were just putting in the hours, we're putting in the work, we're doing, me and my wife are doing, uh, you know, 10, 12 training sessions per week. Yeah. Not all the right training, but you know, that was kind of just part of the learning curve. Yeah. Um, there was a local gym that w they made regionals. They made the next stage all the time, but they weren't they weren't very strong. So they get crushed in the strength events. But they had conditioning. But you had they had a roll conditioning. And I was I remember asking the owner, you know, I'm like, dude, like, what are you guys doing that you got such an insane level of conditioning? Yeah. Oh, he said, we're doing aerobic work. And he goes, you got to read Joel Jameson's book, Ultimate MMA Conditioning. I've got the book. So I read Joel Jameson's book and that opened my eyes up to this whole new world. That is aerobic system. You know, yeah. How to develop the aerobic system. And lo and behold, you know, we're, we're doing conditioning that is far outside of the optimal range to improve aerobic capacity. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that's almost counterintuitive. A lot of people do zone two style cyclical work, which is just for like, I'll give you guys like a very basic example. If you went to the gym and you did a Stairmaster for 10 minutes, treadmill for 10 minutes, bike for 10 minutes, and it was all done at a conversational pace. So meaning I can, can do, do it right now and, and, con and converse with you while I'm doing it. So you guys would do it and be like, well, shit, this isn't very hard, right? Yeah. What can it be doing? But actually what is actually happens, particularly in the heart, is we get more of a stretching, which improves cavity volume, particularly in the left ventricle of the yeah. heart. The left ventricle controls cardiac output. Cardiac output is a product of stroke volume and heart rate. So when you can pump more blood to the extremities yeah. in a minute and more oxygen, uh, you know, get more oxygenated, uh, you get more oxygenated blood. You can basically improve the amount of work you can do. Yeah. In, Everywhere in a workout, in a strength session, how much you can lift. If you're doing three sets of 10, uh, dumbbell chest press superset with a lap pull down, you're going to recover better. You're going to be able to replenish the substrates that fuel the higher intensity work. So it's all connected. It's not like, Oh, we got like aerobic over here, anaerobic over here. And they're like separate things. No, they're actually very much connected, which is one of those things that people just don't they understand. Don't, they don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's not super straightforward. Hopefully I made that as, uh, no, that was good. as uh, clear as I could. But if you think about it, it's just in terms of how much can the heart pump to the extremities. And then when we think about the actual uh, recovery process, recovery is all about having essentially like more roads. Like if you were driving your car down a road that was narrow, it's going to take you probably a lot longer. You're going to have to go around potholes. You're going to, you know, you're not going to have as much freedom of movement. So if we have a wider road, you're going to be able to have much better freedom of movement. So capillaries are like roads. Yeah. More surface area means more recovery process can happen. Um, and that's again, you know, even taking a step back from the physiology, this is a connection to all other things. So how, uh, how you recover between your workout in the workout, after the workout, during, you know, a CrossFit open workout that is very much could be more anaerobically demanding, but there's still the component of, Hey, we need to, you know, basically, uh, um, replenish ATP aerobically, um, because we're not able to rest. Yeah. So, um, if you think about like a football game, we talked about this last night. Yeah. A football game is a very anaerobic sport, right? It's, it's dominated by the phosphagen system, which is essentially the highest power, but highest fatigability. So if we don't have long bouts of rest, usually 15 to 20 times the amount of work to rest, then you're not going to be able to duplicate the same amount of work across multiple bouts. And let me pause you on that for a sure. second, right? So especially when you see people that add in explosive training, add in conditioning, mm -hmm. they hit strength training. A lot of people, particularly those that come from a more general fitness background, will focus on doing something 
fast and having shorter rest period because they deem effort by how difficult it is, how out of breath that they are. Sure. So let's take, for example, somebody's adjusting their training. They're lifting a little bit heavier. What happens in a case if one, they don't have that baseline foundation of aerobic conditioning. They don't have the capillaries to be able to feed more blood directly into their body and optimize mm-hmm. that recovery. And then they shorten the rest period. What happens in terms of their ability to perform consistently? Well, the thing is, is that you're, you're not going to be able to, if you're going to do eight or five sets of five with 85% of your one RM and you're resting 60 seconds, I got news for you. You're not going to get those 25 reps no with that load because just simply speaking, the substrates that fuel the higher intensity, the higher threshold modalities, like a five by five back squat at 85%, you need enough time to replenish those substrates. If you're not resting long enough, then you just can't do it. And you know, another, you know, another aspect to that too, is with something like a five by five back squat at 85%, you know, we're tapping into a lot of mechanical tension too. So, um, you need to rest in order for that to work. Now, if you have a better aerobic system, do you need, I mean, you could actually, you, you could look at a textbook and it will tell you, you could rest up to five, seven minutes. Yeah. Um, but then you're in there all day, but then you're in there all day. So I think the, the happy medium is that you build a great foundation with aerobic systems development. Yeah. You don't, you know, we're not talking, you don't need to run a fucking marathon. A yeah. little bit of zone two work goes a long way. And there are various ways that we can, we can monitor whether or not that works. But, um, you know, the, the turning point for me was seeing that this work, I went back and actually did the CrossFit open after I had sold my gym. So I I started a probably should tell that story. I started a programming business because the programming I was doing was working and other people wanted to know about it. And organically, I started writing programs for other CrossFit gyms. That business grew very quickly. We had a hundred gyms in less than a year. Um, you know, and I basically went from making, I think collectively my wife and I were making about a hundred grand a year owning a gym, a pretty large gym. And, uh, you know, working 60, 70, 80 hours a week to making 400, 450K writing programs. So I was like, this is is rapid. And, you know, lo and behold, I love doing programming more than I loved owning a gym. So it made sense for me to just, you know, find the exit strategy and and sell the business. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the turning point really was starting to implement that aerobic systems development. Yeah. And then seeing that, uh, the results were just crazy. And I actually, it's funny. I did the CrossFit open after I had sold the gym two years after I had just had my second, I was planning on not doing it. I did it at a local gym because I didn't own a gym anymore. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it for fun. And um, I don't care what happens. I'm going to do the workout one time. I actually placed the best I've ever placed. I placed in the top 50. Wow. Best I ever placed. And at the years I was training, like, you know, 3x the amount that I was training. So you're training less, but you built your aerobic system up to the point. Correct. And I actually had a new level of capacity that I didn't know I had. Yeah. So when I did the workouts, I walked away being like, holy shit, I, I got so much more in the tank. I could have pushed harder. Um, but I just didn't know because I had been removed from CrossFit. I hadn't been doing the same CrossFit style yeah. Metcons um, as I was. And I think that for me was like, holy shit, I did the best I've ever done. And I trained less, but I trained more efficiently. And the focus was on using that aerobic systems development to to really bridge that gap and build a foundation, which was just game changer. Wow. Game changer. So compared, there's so many different, you know, sides of the conditioning and the way that people implement it. You focused on improving your baseline aerobic capacity mm-hmm. and it improved your ability to train more efficiently. You were training less. Mm-hmm. You've got business that's growing rapidly. You've got one child, one on the way, yep. stress is higher. Time is likely very limited and mm-hmm. you're able to program this in and get that much more of your workouts. And I think that is a foundational component, right? Like when you understand the foundational components about changing your body, about optimizing human physiology, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. you can pick and choose the right aspects to get the most bang for your buck out of your workout. And I think that's so important, especially as time becomes more and more precious and it, it draws us away from sometimes taking care of our health as much. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm, I'm a big believer in, I don't do anything or prescribe anything that I won't do myself. So yeah. if I didn't have this epiphany and this, this kind of eye-opening moment where I saw that I was in much better shape training significantly less, just seeing the results, even, you know, looking at things like heart rate variability and my resting heart rate. And, um, again, just obviously how I performed that to me was enough. I always like to be the guinea pig first. Yes. I'm not going to make you do zone two work if I don't know for sure that it's something I would A, do, and B, is a good return on investment. And for me, that was just like, I remember writing, I wrote various articles about it. I'm like, I need to share this basically with everyone. And then from that point yes. on, um, it, it has been a part, I mean, saying every single program, you will not find one program I write that does not have, I would say at least two sessions of zone two style aerobic conditioning in it. Yeah. And one, I think the integrity of that, especially as we talked about the social media stuff before, yep. is crazy because you see a lot of things on social media that people do for likes, for interests that one, didn't get them the results that they want. Yep. Two, they don't fit like in an applicable way in terms of a program. Um, one small question I want to ask you, just kind of going back, you know, when you're describing the physiology specifically of zone two cardio, uh, for a while, when it comes to cardio, there's this idea of just lift weights faster, lift weights yeah. faster, do complexes, do circuits to get your heart rate up and no doubt leave you out of breath. Mm-hmm. But like, sure. what is the difference in what happens within your heart when you're just lifting weights and you're out of breath versus consistent steady state cardio? Yeah. So the difference is, is pretty big as far as cardiac output is concerned. Now, someone might say, well, if I do kettlebell complexes or barbell complex, and let's say my heart rate average is about the same over the course of say 20 to 30 minutes, does that equate to the same as doing just cyclical, which is just a rower or a treadmill? Is it the same? And it's not number one, but you know, I think to the, to the novice, they would say, well, if all things are equal, aren't these the same thing? They're not because there actually isn't the same level of cardiac output. And it's actually called the cardiac output method for a reason. And you get it by doing things that are very much um, sustainable. You can sustain, like you can go on a treadmill. You can't do a kettlebell complex nonstop for 30 minutes. No, you're... You can walk on an inclined treadmill. I would say anyone with a just a very baseline level of endurance can walk on a treadmill at a you know maybe a one or two incline yep. for thirty minutes and do that. I like to think of it as if you guys were like trying to think about how to apply this. If I said, "Hey, Eric, can you do this for hours?" Yeah. Barbell complex, you cannot. I mean, barbell complex, you can't do for re- really twenty minutes. Is you'll be and you got you'll be on the floor and you, you need have... to rest significantly. Again, you're tapping into a lot more anaerobic stores with uh, with complexes, and there's certainly an aerobic component to it. But it's not all things are not equal. So the best way to do it, and I say this um, unfortunately, <laughs> is kind of monotonous. It's kind of boring. It's not sexy. It's not going to get you likes on social media. When I post uh, yeah. about it, it's it's not going to get me likes. But uh, interestingly enough, people seem to have a lot of interest in just like the methods yeah. you can do on just like, hey, I have like a post about an air bike, like three methods you can use on the air bike. And cardiac output is usually one of them. And it's not sexy, but it works. It's It does work. It's super effective. And if you read, you go like, want to do a re- any research. I mean, there's, there's plenty. I mean, elite endurance athletes, 80% of their training is in zone two. Yeah. 60 to 70% of your max heart. And if you do it, a lot of people think the, the main issue has been the pushback because it's like, this is too easy. How can this be effective? Yeah. You know, our whole society and culture is like, 
more, more, more. Well, if all it took to do was to do more, you wouldn't need me, wouldn't need you, and no. you would all look like Rich Froning. That's not the case, though. <laughs> it's not how it works. That's not how it works. So not there is a point of diminishing returns, unfortunately. If it was that easy, then, you know, we would both be out of a job. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's the thing with, you know, strength conditioning and, and nutrition and health and all these things. It's like you can have a really good base of knowledge through training a lot of things on your own. Mm -hmm. But what's difficult is to learn what dial to pull at what time mm -hmm. and understanding that it affects all of the other components, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like if you amplify, amp up your cardiovascular training and you keep everything else the same, well, you might not necessarily be able to have the best results in the world because right. you're just adding an additional stressor to the system. Or you take a calorie deficit more aggressively, but you keep your training the same. Well, you mm -hmm. don't have the same resources in order to recover. So stress increases, potential increases There's in a cortisol. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like this balancing act between these components. So let's think about this in a very like straightforward tactical way here. Mm -hmm. For somebody who's 35 years old, they've been active their entire life. They can train, you know, they hit the gym three days a week for lifting. Maybe they're even training at home. What would you recommend as a, a baseline cardiovascular training program to help get these benefits? Yeah. So actually, I wanted to say one thing um, to what you just said about it, it's almost what are most people ask me at least is what can I add? Yeah. And they do a program and they're like, is it okay if I add or is it okay if I do this instead? And you have to remember that if you are doing a professionally designed program, it is already taken into account what's in that program. So if you put something else in, yep. know that you might have to take something else out. Unless, you're, unless you know what to look for and know how to organize training, you might not put in the right thing or take out the right thing. And you might have a hodgepodge of just training that ends up being just random workouts that are you know, you're, you're just basically like kind of program hopping, which is a big problem yes. in the industry. People just are hopping programs, looking for the, the magic pill. And I'm, I'm with you. the consistency piece is the magic pill doing the basics really well. So if I had to just break this down very like simplistic way, as far as like what I've seen to be like the law of averages, if I had to like, you, you know, just like very, this is what I would guess that most people need. It would be three full body strength sessions per week. Let's just say Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then it would be two aerobic conditioning sessions per week. Those could be Tuesday, Thursday. So we have a training week that consists of Monday through Friday. And then weekend could be like, you go for a walk, you, you increase your steps. Chasing um, kids. You're, you're chasing <laughs> kids. You're going for a hike. You're doing outdoor things. You're, um, you're, you're doing meal prep. You're getting yourself set up on Sunday for Monday, making sure that everything is on point. That is probably the most simple and effective way. Now, what do you prioritize? How does that look? Well, your strength sessions, full body consists of five foundational movement patterns, squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, and you can mix in some core work throughout there, some rotational work. So that's your three strength sessions. And those are done Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Your two conditioning sessions are done exactly what I said, cyclically, zone two, 60 to 70% of your max heart rate, which is going to feel like a joke, but get over it. It's yeah. fucking works. <laughs> it we works. know it works. Just do it. It doesn't have to be sexy. You do 30 to 60 minutes worth. It's a kind of a range, but some people, like your wife would, would need a lot more zone to work yes. than the average person. She could probably do five, six sessions a week of zone two and probably yep. 60 to 90 minutes worth and get a pretty big bang for the buck. Someone like me or you, two to three sessions is going to be more than enough. And that's it. And if you want to, to keep it interesting, what I do is I will mix in some other things. Like let's say um, I am using an air bike. 
I might make, mix in some, I might go the air bike for five minutes and I might jump rope for five minutes. Then I might do some body weight stuff kind of mixed in there just to like keep it interesting. So I'm not just like, oh shit, 30 minutes on the oh, air I'm bike. so bored this right is, now. This yeah. is terrible. Um, but if you do, like I'll set a running clock and every five minutes I'll get off the bike and I'll do some air squats, some push-ups, some jump rope or, or whatever. And then I'll get back on the air bike. So it doesn't feel like 30 minutes straight. You just got to find a way to be able to keep your, it's understanding the principle. It's right. keeping your heart rate consistently elevated within this range. Mm -hmm. in doing so in a way where you hit the allotted time frame, right? It's like, exactly. again, this Alan Cosgrove quote, I use it all the time, but it's methods are many, principles are few. Mm -hmm. Methods may change, but principles never do. And if you can take this principle that, that Jason is distilling here and apply mm -hmm. it, this gives you the freedom and the flexibility to understand how this can be an integral part of your programming and adjust. Even if you're on the road, if something happens and say you're traveling for a week and you have janky dumbbells up to 50 pounds inside your hotel mm -hmm. and a couple machines, well, you can know that you can apply apply some of these same principles with the Peloton that's in the corner, the yep. treadmill that's over here, and the jump rope that they have inside the broom closet next to the broom closet size gym that's already right, the right. hotel gym, yeah. right? And and that's what I love about your approach. You distill these key principles in a very simple way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be complex. I think that, you know, that's what I've seen as a whole. And I, I, I've i talked a lot about a, a lot of different training methods over the years. The conjugate system has been a very integral part of my programming, my success as a coach. One of the things that I've shed a lot of light on, like how to use that system and how to really maximize someone's results. And, you know, interesting Interestingly enough, I think that we as coaches, we gravitate towards things that we A, have had success with and, and like that aligns yes. with us as, as human beings, as uh, you know, our personality type. But then the other part of it too is that I work with a lot of people that are like me that came from, they did CrossFit. Yeah. So the people that are at the point with CrossFit where they're like, I loved it in my early, late 20s, early 30s, but in my 40s. I have no desire to do kipping pull-ups, Olympic lifts, and whatever else, high skill gymnastics as a whole, but I still am competitive. I still wanna keep pushing. Yes. That system of training using conjugate with some form of conditioning, aerobic conditioning, is very attractive to them and they align very well with that system. Now, even those folks get to a point, like myself, where you might not be in alignment with that style of training anymore. Right. Yep. It's been hard for me the last year. I've kind of gone a little bit different direction. And, and part of me is almost like I've spent so much time, you know, writing about this system of training and building value in it. And I still think it's an incredible way to train. And I'll, I'll probably will still utilize it at certain points in the year just for various, you know, if I want to bring up various qualities of my own fitness. Yeah. But as a whole, the thing that I see with people like with training is like the old square peg round hole. It's like, oh, I saw XYZ influencers doing these programs and they look great and they don't reverse engineer and say like, well, actually let's, let's take a step back. Let's look at the most simplistic thing. How many times a week can you train that's feasible for you that you can yes. do for months, years? If you are doing a six day a week program and you've only got three days a week to train, or let's just say you're doing a body part split, you've got three days a week to train, then there is a disconnect. There are going to be gaps in what you can do. There could be gaps. And I think that's one of the main things with all the information we have is like, that's why I said like, all right, this is like the blanket statement of the year. If I had to like, if I had saw 10 people in the street right now, chances are 80% of them would do well with a full body split. Definitely. Right. Maybe not in Houston, Texas, because there's a lot of food here. So yes, do the math. No but, um, but as what I've seen, people that come into my pipeline, I try to align them um, to what they need, not what I, not what I am biased with. Yes. Which might entail a completely different approach based on that person. I mean, well, that's novel though in in this world where influencers and many people who have large followings and 
their heart might be in the right place in terms of the programming and things that they're doing. But so many times, actually from that coaching perspective, is like you see people put out a workout that they do and then somebody else with a completely different background, uh, completely different time constraints, stress levels, wants to follow that same exact component right. without factoring in their stress levels or nutrition, their, their prior training. And so like from the coach's perspective, it's so difficult because when you have an in-depth understanding of knowledge and physiology and all these aspects, mm-hmm. Well, the program has to meet a person where they are. Exactly. And as you mentioned before, right, you can find the best looking, awesome program that's six days a week of fucking push pull, you know, hitting every single movement, you know, three to four times. And it worked really well when you're 25 and then you try when you're 37 and now you've got two kids, you've got a business and you're getting five hours of sleep at night with five coffees to get through the day. Right. Well, listen, it might be a great program for where you were before, but the cumulative joint stress is different. Mm -hmm. Your movement patterns are different. Your ability to recover from stress, your physiology, you know, may not be optimized the same way that it was when you were 25. Right. And a failure to understand these principles leads so many people to be fucking working hard on things that seem like they should be working and then getting so frustrated by them not actually working. Well, you know, and I'm sure you hear this too, is like I hear from a lot of people that come in my pipeline. It's like, I train hard, but I don't look like it. I want to look like I lift. And it's like, well, you're you're training hard. I mean, that that's yeah. very, that must be super frustrating to be, Putting in the time, yes, but not getting the return on your investment. I mean, would you invest in a stock that just kept giving you, you know, losses? Probably not. Eventually, you're going to pull your money out and look elsewhere. Yeah, and I think training is the same way. Now, um, if we again, if we're looking at the law of averages, then we need to reverse engineer. And again, if I had to like just paint a very clear picture for people, it's not necessarily like the thing that got you to where you're at is probably not going to be the thing that gets you where you want to go. Yeah. And that's an ego death almost that you have to overcome mm-hmm. to understand that, especially when you have a history of being an athlete, of being competitive in CrossFit right. or whatever sport or using your body more or less as a, as a weapon, as a vehicle for accomplishing something that's really deep to you. It's understanding that, yeah, you're always going to compare yourself to mm-hmm. where you were to that extent. And there are certain times when you can ramp up those certain qualities, Yeah, but you have to evolve. You have to. You have to evolve. evolve. And speaking of evolve, you have a program with the name Evolve. So what I would like to do is discuss where you're at right now, right? You know, we're we're a couple age or a couple couple years apart, but pretty close in a very similar background in terms Mm -hmm. of sports where we grew up playing shit even even our levers and like height and all that stuff yeah, is pretty sure. similar man yeah. so like with all these shifts and the changes and the growth of your business and your family what have you changed in your training specifically think from like 30 to 40 that you wish you could distill to everybody yeah else? that's that's a good one i think that so for me you know being able to train using the conjugate style of training which yeah, let's let's pause. Yeah, let's, well, maybe let's we should break down to the conjugate quick, quick program. We talk about that. Yeah, so I define conjugate a lot differently than most because I think that most people get hooked on the methods of conjugate and not like what the actual system is. And people ask me all the time, even when I launched Evolve, is it conjugate? Well, what is conjugate? Conjugates, tr- it's you know by definition, it's two things that are joined together. Yeah. Conjugated sequence programming came from before, even before Louis Simmons, he adapted from other systems of yeah. training. So when you think about what conjugate is, there's no, there's no rule that says you have to do it a certain way. You're training multiple qualities of fitness within the same week. So if you do strength training on one day and you do conditioning on one day, yeah. you know, that in, in a form is, is a form of concurrent training. You're training multiple forms of fitness simultaneously. And what I mean by simultaneously, not in the same session necessarily, which that's another form of concurrent training. You could do it in the same session, not optimal in my opinion for a variety of reasons, but uh, we are talking about 
training multiple qualities of fitness. Now, when we get down, distill it down to the actual qualities, we could be training maximal strength. We could be training hypertrophy. We could be training speed strength, explosive strength. We could be training aerobic capacity. We could be training anaerobic power, anaerobic capacity. I mean, let's yeah. go down a list of qualities. There yeah, are. There's a lot of them, right? So you can train all of those qualities. Now, the hard part with conjugate, which people get hung up on, is just the how do you organize all that? Yeah, there's all this information and all these different variables, and it can be very difficult to think, how can I put all of these things? Because I want to be the total package, man. I want to right. be, be strong, lean, athletic. I don't want my joints to feel like shit. Exactly. And I want to be able to keep up with my kids. Like, how do we do all this? How do you do all that? Yeah, and so um, that's, that's certainly one way to do it that works incredibly well because the organization piece is key, managing the nervous system and the amount of stress that we are applying in these sessions, spreading out the sessions. 80-20 rule is essentially 80% of our training. The crux of the training is built on what he called special exercises. So yeah. exercises that bring up where we're weakest, limiting factors, which, you know, as a whole population is very much limited as far as their posterior chain. Yeah. From upper back complex down to glute complex, hamstrings, meat, you name it. We're we're doing things that are not putting us in a good position to be strong back there just by daily postures. So that part of it is a huge emphasis. Now the 20% comes from just our classic lifts, our squats, our bench, our pulls. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a very small part of the development in that system. Now, because there's this huge overemphasis of limitations, we are constantly improving our ability to be resilient, yeah. to gain lean tissue, to generate more force, and all these things synergistically work together very well. Now, what I did with it was I included the zone two piece and then using some forms of mixed modality. Mixed modality conditioning is another form of aerobic conditioning for those of you guys who don't know. So like kettlebell complexes, you could mix some of that in with air bike, yeah. which hopefully this doesn't confuse you guys. I've got, I got literally tons of articles on this yeah. stuff. If you guys wanted to read more, there's just plenty of information on it, but there are different types of aerobic adaptations and we can build a better peripheral network by having more broad uh, scale to our training. Yeah. So, and, and, yeah. And one thing, one thing I always say, right? Like fitness is a force multiplier and yeah. strength is a foundational skill. So strength allows you, it improves your ability to be able to generate strength, fast power. It builds a great foundation for speed, it allows you to increase your work capacity for building muscle. And in much the same way, zone two work and building that aerobic base allows you to take advantage of all these different training qualities by improving your recovery, by improving your ability to repeatedly train at a high level. Mm -hmm. And so what Jason's referring to is when you add that component in and sequence it correctly, it improves everything across the board while you actually right. do less. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Eric, one of the things I, I, uh, I, I want to tell you a quick story and hopefully I can make this quick because this is actually kind yeah. of a long story, but, but as you were talking about all these things and we've, we've talked about a lot of great things over the course of, I don't know how long it's been, but we talked about a lot of great things. And I think that someone listening that might not have some of the stuff could certainly be confusing when you get into talking about peripheral networks and you get into yeah. talking about cardiac output. One thing I want you guys to think about those of you that are listening. Hey gang, sorry, battery died. Apparently camera didn't do enough zone two work. So we're going to jump right back in. And something that really stood out actually over this weekend, and we'll segue right in the second, is we heard a presentation from Bejos Koulian, who runs multiple businesses that generate over $200 million a year. And he mentioned all the things that he doesn't do in his day. And this is somebody who's one in incredible shape at 48 um, and incredibly high performer. And what are your thoughts on when people are handling all of their programming on top of, you know, maybe having a busy career, having a family and all these other components? Yeah. So I think that at the end of the day, Let's say like all things are equal. Let's say you know as much as I know about training. If you have a full-time job, let's say you're a computer engineer. I do this full-time. 
and you know as much as me, but I do this full-time and you have a full-time career. How can you really compare those two things to someone that does it full-time? Like, I'm not gonna try to do my own taxes. I just don't know enough and I know the basics, but I'm not gonna attempt it. So, you know, people like me and Eric, not to, you know, not to sit here and toot my own horn, but this is, this is what we do, right? This yeah. is my career. I don't wanna do anything else. Um, and I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on my education, on, you know, just the, the time and just all of the energy writing articles over the years. I mean, hundreds of articles, thousands of videos, thousands of programs for thousands of people. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of data points, a lot of mistakes, a lot of uh, learning along the way. And, you know, after two decades, we've got the solution to this to help you people. It's, it's really not as straightforward. If it was, like I said, early on in this, in this, uh, podcast that, you know, we wouldn't have a job if it was that simple, but there is a lot to be said about the organization of the training. And in even starting to talk about it, I was like, okay, some of this is getting almost too complex when you start factoring in different types of modalities and training for different goals and then different lifestyles. There's a lot of things that you need a professional to make sense of and to organize for you and to lead you in the right direction. Otherwise, it's like you attempting to put a new roof on your house. You can try to do it yourself. You could probably watch some videos on YouTube. You Figure could probably get out. the blueprint. You could buy the materials. You could save some money. But is it going to be as done as effectively or as efficiently or as, I guess, safely? Or, you know, are, are you sure your roof isn't going to leak if you do it yourself? And if that happens and it's 10 years in instead of 20, does it actually save money? Or are you going to pay that money back in a new roof or a shoulder? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that there is a lot to be said about what happens with training, with the way we make, you know, positive gains, or we start, you know, maybe going backwards. I think a lot of people um, that I see that have come to me have hit the wall with either their progress or their motivation, or just the training being simply out of alignment with their lifestyle. You know, I get with, I get with people that say, oh, this coach had me on this training program. That was just such a mismatch for that person. And what their diet is like and what their diet is like. And you know, we, we, we've all heard the horror stories. There are so many great qualified coaches. You don't have to work with me. You don't have to work with Eric. You can work with, with, with literally anyone that has a, a, a resume to back it up that's got the results and that can, with an unbiased eye, figure out what is the right trajectory for you as far as getting you to where you need to be long-term. Not, we're not talking 90 days here either. We're talking lifetime. Yeah. I don't work. I don't do the, the challenge. I'm not going to get you fit for 90 days. I want to get you fit. I've got the same clients now for four five, six, seven years. And that's the real results. 90 days, anyone can get results in 90 days, but can you get results for one, two years? I always say results are king. They are. And training is an evolutionary process, right? Like you get really good results. You can see rapid fat loss, for example, in something like 90 days. However, rapid fat loss very rarely is the entire thing that people want, right? Mm -hmm. Then it becomes a phase of we have to make sure that we don't have metabolic adaptation or adaptive thermogenesis and, and changes in the way that we're functioning. And pretty soon then you lose fat and you're like, hey, now I want to build muscle. And there's like all these components that evolve and change as your physiology changes and as everything else in your life changes as well. And that's where, you know, being able to really dial in your programming, getting the right things at the right dose at the right time are so important. And so Jason, right, you are the programming master. Where can we learn more about you and what you do? You can go on my Instagram channel. It's uh, Jason Brown Coaching. I mean, there's there's everything you need there. My website, jasonbrowncoaching.com, has got uh, articles, has got videos. My YouTube channel has got tons of videos. You can check out, I've got uh, two low price uh, training subscriptions, 27 bucks a month that are phenomenal programs that, um, you know, assuming that all things are in alignment, 
they might be the right way for you to train. Um, but you know, know that uh, there's never a one size fits all. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys my my way is the way for you. It might not be the way for you. There might be something else that's a better fit for you. Um, but intuitively, I think most people do know whether or not what they're doing is the right fit for them. Yeah. Are you getting the result or are you just kind of doing what you've done because you've done it previously mm-hmm. and you're checking a box? And the way that you break it down in a very simple, straightforward way, I've heard you talk to people before and it's, if it's going to work, it's going to work. If it's not, it's not. You're a straight shooter. Right. And that's that's what you need in coach. You need something that's going to give it to you straight, even if you don't want to hear it. And on some cases, it could be that this isn't the right thing for you. But when you understand the key variables to look great naked without living in the gym and can apply them in the right dose for where you are, that's when you have a winning formula. Hey, it's Eric here again. Before heading out, I want you to shoot me a message over on Instagram at Bach Performance and let me know what do you want to hear next on the podcast and we'll create an episode specifically for you. Until next time, my friend, remember fitness should improve your life, not consume it. Did you find this helpful? If so, pound that like button and hit subscribe. Now, if you want a free copy of our chiseled muscle cheat sheet, the no BS way to help you lose body fat and build lean muscle in 90 days, make sure that you go to the description below and download your free copy. Any questions, drop them in the comments and can't wait to see you with the next video.